Welcome back, class. You know I'm a people pleaser when I feel as though I have to immediately apologize to you for how long that it's been. But it's me, Maria. This is the My Maria 777 show. And baby, I'm back off sabbatical. I've missed you so much. And I really don't understand why I do the things that I do. If anyone knows, I guess it's you. It should be me. But I don't know why I've been so afraid to come back behind the microphone. I don't know if I'm afraid of you. I don't know if I'm afraid of myself. But as always, you know, a little imposter syndrome here, a little disassociation over here, a great deal of strange, strange, heartbreaking experiences. And, you know, here we are. <laughs> it's June 12th, 2020. <laughs> what am I saying? 2023. And we're back, baby. Let's get physical. <laughs> I have so many thoughts in my head, y'all. I don't even know where to begin. Word on the street is that the AI... Hi, Tyler, if you're listening, the AI scans like the first 20 minutes of something. I think it's more probably YouTube and this is an audio only, so I don't know. But I've been told to kind of be easy, be breezy, like don't immediately cuss, you know, and talk about some sort of wild rabbit hole that I'm not going to mention. And that way it like scans the first 20 minutes. And if you don't violate anything, you're good to go. So I don't know. I have so much to tell you. I have so many stories to tell. It's so unfortunate that so I have Zoom and I have like the premium Zoom for Maria for podcasting. But then I also have like a work login Zoom that I do for court and shit like that. Hi, if you're new here, I'm a lawyer. And I just, you know, give you a little legal perspective with my black pill pragmatist, but also red pill romantic heart. Okay, anyways, there's no structure to this podcast. I'm an ADHD undiagnosed queen, and here we are, baby. Let's catch up. It's a catch up party. Anyways, what the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> anyways, so there was a 107... Point one, 107.0 episode that Chaney and I did together a couple weeks ago. And always, for absolutely no reason at all, I did not edit it and then chose to ignore it. And then my anxiety regarding the situation <laughs> compounded for little to no reason. And I finally got on here to fuck with it. Oh, don't say that, Maria. Okay, I finally got on here to edit it this weekend and come to find out, I guess it did not convert the way that it should. And I switched Zoom the next morning to jump on a hearing. And when I switched back, it said something about converting and I said yes. And now it's nowhere to be found. And I'm so embarrassed. And I, 
hearts my heart. Cheney and I told you all of these stories from St. Augustine and getting ghosted and blocked and all of this silly, crazy stuff that has happened to me. And here we are. I'm just going to have to tell you some of these stories again. Really in my heart for some reason, I didn't like that episode and there probably was no reason for me to feel that way, but I obsess about things for no reason and ignored it and it was probably great anyways. That episode is gone. This is 107.2. Here we go. That reminds me of uh, like an FM radio station back in the day. I think there was like a 107.5 The River. I can't remember if this was Knoxville or Nashville now. Peyton, literally every time I do a podcast, you get up and you mess around and you touch something so everyone can hear that it's you. Everyone knows you're here, baby. You are the star of my stories. I truly, when I post a picture of him, I get so many messages from you saying, thank you so much for the Peyton contact. That's what I, content. That's what I stick around for. My sweet little bambino. Okay, where do we begin? You want my most fluffing, random, crazy? Oh, the title of this episode, 107 is going to be crazy because I have been called crazy so much, so many times in the last 30 days when I would gladly admit to crazed behavior when acted upon because honestly, I kind of like that. You know what I mean? I'm proud of that. And there was absolutely no crazed behavior. Anyways, men... Men in their 40s, y'all, I just, for a while now, for years now, I have been told that I should start dating older than me. Because for most of my life, all of my major relationships have been right at my age. And so I've started looking 10 years my senior. And I truly, I was so naive your girl, I just want to believe in love, but I truly believed that a decade on a man would result in some sort of level of maturity or worldliness or knowledge or anything. And let me just tell y'all, 45-year-old men are more dramatic than anyone I have ever met. More juvenile, more elementary, just like the drama, the actual drama. I just, it's a level of like fuckery and games that I, like it's very interesting. I wish I could watch it from afar with someone else, but to be involved is just... There is no difference, is what I'm saying here at the end of the day. <laughs> and I don't want to be one of those people that says, you know, oh my God, he's 45 and never married and never had children. There must be something wrong with him. Because but for my silly little marriage in 2012 that lasted to 2015, like I would be one of those individuals that was never married 
and doesn't have any children. And here I am at 35 and there ain't a goddamn thing wrong with me. (laughs) So I try to go in with an open mind and an open heart. And I just, the universe keeps presenting me with just the most ridiculous life. Truly. Truly, truly, truly. But to go back to what I was originally saying, a crazed topic I wanted to. (laughs) This is just like a literal dumbass thing that I think about that I should share with you because that's what we do here. This this whole account, this whole podcast is my weird or my my weird thoughts. Damn it. Come on. Okay. So my BFF Chaney. We're chatting all the time. I'm walking around. She's outside. And she calls me Snow White a lot because there are just birds talking all the time in Tennessee, in Nashville. Wherever I am, the birds are just going crazy, which, of course, you know, begs for a birds aren't real joke. But this is not what this is about, y'all. We can talk about that at a different time, at a different date, the irony and the satire of Hashtag birds aren't real, but in a hypothetical in which they are, Cheney's always commenting on my birds in the background, especially like when I record audio messages and send them to her when I'm walking Peyton in the morning. She's always talking about the birds. And so I was just thinking, (laughs) in the advent of technology, in the advent of the telephone and the cellular telephone, you know, and, and the idea of walking outside with your phone on speakerphone, if there are two individuals doing that cross country and like the birds are in the background and the birds can hear, like I was just thinking about what an idea. Like one day there was a man with a phone on the speakerphone and a bird in Tennessee, like heard a bird down in Florida. <laughs> That's so stupid. But I just thought it was so interesting. (laughs) Like, sometimes I look at Peyton and I'm like, what level of technology does he understand, you know? Because I've seen things before where they say, like, dogs have, what, like a second or third grade level of understanding, and they can understand up to 200 words in their meeting, blah, 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 blah. Like, me and P are simpatico, simpatica. We are one. He understands. He chooses. Ooh, shit, that was loud. I'm so sorry. He chooses not to listen to me, but the comprehension is definitely there. I just wonder sometimes, like, what does he think when I'm singing? You know? Like, is there a definition for the elevated tone of my voice and the, like, the sing-song manner that occurs? (laughs) How did he realize I'm not yelling at him? But, uh... Technology as well. Like, I see that there are some dogs that react with the television, especially like when they see dogs on it, but P's never been one of those guys. I do have a, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a full length mirror at the end of my hallway. I moved into a new house. Damn it. I think you might have seen that on my stories, but hi. I, 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 I I'm not going to keep referencing it, but I'm like, what did I say in that last podcast? Anyways, I'm in a new house. I have a full-length mirror at the end of the hallway, and I always wonder if he, like, sees himself, notices himself. He doesn't react in any sort of way. Like, who's that doggy in the window? You know what I'm saying? And last night we were walking to bed, and I was ahead of him, and I turned around 
to like do something and I looked at him and he was like swagging staring at himself in the mirror and it was just like such a moment so I'm gonna give him more I, I give him a ton of credit already but he definitely knows what a mirror is I guess he knows I guess it's what I was wondering too <laughs> I feel like I <laughs> you guys I'm so sorry I um I think I'm the funniest person alive so if, as long as I make myself laugh we're good and I'm just having one of those moments where I'm like you sound a little manic and then I'm just laughing because I'm just being my weird self and I have a lot to say and I haven't talked to you in a while so I need to slow down anyways has anyone else ever wondered what the birds thought about the advent of the cell phone <laughs> and hearing themselves through it <laughs> Ooh, loaded, loaded girl. Okay, what else? What else? Where do we begin? I've seen a lot of good music lately. I saw Citizen Cope do an acoustic set. I saw Girl Talk again recently. I saw Hootie and the Blowfish back in February in Raleigh, North Carolina. I've been dying to see him forever. Let's see. Went to St. Augustine in April. Spent two nights there. There was like a two-night J.J. Gray and Mofro festival. And let me just tell you, I fluff and love me some J.J. Gray. I have introduced to him literally by the man that I got with after I got divorced. Isn't that the funny way that we remember things? But uh, Sean, if you're out there, thank you so much for introducing me to J.J. Gray because I've been following him around now since 2015. Ooh, I gotta take a sip. Hold on. Okay, so sorry. Uh, saw him two nights in St. Augustine. And back to my dog. We've been together for 12 years. I rescued him in Olive Branch, Mississippi when I was in law school in Memphis. And he's the love of my life. My child. Truly, like, I believe in soulmates. And uh, he is one of my soulmates. You do not just have one soulmate in this lifetime. Anyways, he's 12 years old, and I have wanted to take him to the beach his entire life. And to me, I was like, okay, this is the perfect opportunity. I'm going to drive down there, me and a road trip that like ain't no thing. I'm going to take P with me. We're going to stay at a nice place, great digs, and I'm going to take him to the ocean and it's just going to be this core memory. Like, we're going to get to the sand. He's going to look at me. I'm going to look at him. And I'm going to say, baby, like, everything the light touches is yours. <laughs> and I just thought, this is going to be this moment. And I took him down there. And he could literally not give two fucks. And uh, hated it. It was too hot. And, uh, yeah, should not have brought him would have been happier here with his babysitter in Nashville. Love him. We had a great time. And he just loves being with his mama. But uh, St. Augustine was great. J.J. Gray was incredible. I'm actually going to see him again in North Carolina at Beach Mountain in July, I believe. I can't remember the date on that. But if you're there, come say hi to me. Anyways, I had a little mini get-together in St. Augustine and three of you came and met me and it was really cool and we hung out in the ocean for hours actually we all got sunburnt 
I was wearing this like cute black dress that I purchased literally for the occasion and like tits were out, don't get me wrong, but it was short sleeved and long. I was trying to be like a little modest, but also showing the goods. Anyways, I got a farmer's tan from that Florida sun that I have not been able to shake since that time, despite going to the tanning bed, getting spray tans. The farmer's tan is still there. Anyways, it was incredible meeting the three of you. Chaney and her wife then came and met us, and we just had the best time. P and I came back, and uh, I guess I'll just go ahead and tell this story. Since we're still getting into this 20 minutes, I don't want to tell, like, I could literally tell you so many stories right now about my love life, and it would go on for hours. And don't get me wrong, when I've said them before, y'all liked them. And I got positive feedback. And you tell me to share them more because they're so fucking ridiculous. But I don't also want to like inundate like 1.5 hours just of that. Because I know that some of you don't care. So this one's just funny though. Ooh, baby, I'm getting a little loud. Okay, I'm on, I got a new mic on. Give me some feedback on it. I've been having issues with my other mic. If I have any audio files out there that are familiar with podcasting and boards and shit like slide into my dms i would love to pay you to consult for me and tell me what the fuck i'm doing wrong and what i should i have all this like very fancy equipment that doesn't do what i want it to do anyways the morning let's call it actually it was my last night in florida and i don't have the dating apps right now i do have tinder And I just fuck around on Tinder. It's just what I like to do. Do I have any success on it ever? No. So I'm in St. Augustine. I pay for Tinder premium so I can see my likes. And I'm going through my likes. And I see this man. And we're going to call him Big John. And he was just like every box I've ever had checked on a physical basis. Just from like just. Judgment completely on Tinder, excuse me. Um, physical looks is, or physical looks only. He was like tall, dark, and handsome, very foreign looking, like Lebanese looking, like kind of looked like he could like take in me, you know. <laughs> like might sell me into drug trafficking or might be the love of my life. So he had already liked me. I swiped on him and I said, at this point, y'all. Like, what is the point? Like, I just say exactly what I want to say when I want to say it. I don't care. I don't worry. I'm like, if what you think about it, like, we're just doing it. It is Delulu season. Let's go. And this isn't even that Delulu. I'm just saying, like, say what you want. Don't worry about it. Okay, hold on. So I send him some kind of message like, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm so sad that I just like saw you and matched with you. Something like that. Like, and I think I sent him the little like red hot face with its tongue out. Like, he was fine, y'all. I was smitten. Anyways, we start messaging. He immediately sends me his phone number. And this is like when we wake up the next morning. I'm so sorry. Morning, I'm packing up, I'm checking out, I'm getting in the car, headed back to Nashville. And we start messaging, and turns out 
he's got business in Nashville in two weeks. Like the stars are aligning. He also wants to FaceTime me like within the first hour or two. And I'm like, is this a catfish? Like, are you trying to like make sure I'm not catfishing you? Which I actually really appreciated the catfish test as I have been catfished before. Go listen to episode 33, second half. So, yeah, I was like, I kind of appreciate this forwardness. Like, let's go. He was exactly like what his pictures look like. I was just in awe. I was so into it. I was definitely playing my cool, don't worry. But your girl was smitten. So we talk. And I'm trying not to overdo it because, like, I can latch my claws into something and have a little limerence, get a little obsessed, be a little intense. And so... Within the last year, I've tried to, like, back off from that and uh, slow down, take things as they are, you know, don't avoid every single red flag that exists. Anyways, we make plans for two weeks. We talk, but we, like, don't talk a ton. I can definitely tell that, like, he thinks he's more intelligent than I am, but he's, like, on the right side of history and is unvaccinated and, you know... Some things you can just mold. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But there were like teeny tiny little red flags that I see now that I was just like, okay, you're dumb. We're just going to like, I'm not even going to argue with you about this. It's not necessary. But prior to the time he was supposed to come in town, he tried to come in early. And like I was moving at the time. There was just like a lot of moving pieces. And so I said yes, and then it got bumped, and it got bumped, and then it just felt really weird, and I wasn't into it, and I didn't like the way that, like, he was talking to me, and we stopped talking. Anyways, like, 10 days go by, and he calls me every day. He um, texts me every day, like, please talk to me, and then eventually apologizes and was like, I can see what I was wrong about and I endeavored to like communicate better with you and I can't remember all it's like not fresh anymore but went out of his way to apologize went out of his way to say I will do better and like went out of his way to say like you were correct about this like this was definitely like not me keeping score at all because I don't care about that shit it was just like he went out of his way to say those things And so I'm just like, okay, thank you. Uh, Appreciate it. Like, not talking a lot. And he jumps at this opportunity again to be like, I'm going out of town on Saturday, and I'm leaving for three weeks, but I have to see you before I go. Like, I keep trying to, like, not think about you, but, like, something keeps, like, drawing me back to you. I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. Can I come see you? And I was like, yeah, sure, you can come see me, but I'm not going to be in Nashville. I'm going home to Knoxville. And he says, like, okay, I'll come to Knoxville. And hatches this elaborate plan to come. So it's, like, he's going to arrive Friday at, like, 1.30 or something like that in Knoxville. And so there's, like, a whole plan that then happens where... I'm leaving Nashville, I'm driving to Knoxville, I'm going to my mom's house to like drop the dog off, I gotta double back and get to the airport to pick him up in time, we're gonna spend like less than 24 hours together, and then he's gonna fly to Washington, meet his mom, 
he and his mom are going on a trip for three weeks all over Europe. Now, this guy, like, talks about, like, kind of, like, boasts about money a little bit. Like, a little too much to my liking. A little, like, new money-esque, you know? Uh, Driving a G-Wagon. Talking about the Four Seasons all the time. And I honestly thought he might be, like, he said he was an accountant. And you know what, like, the ladies that say their accountants really are. But, no, he felt like he was involved with, like, like maybe he was an accountant for, like, narcos or, like, drug traffickers. People that, like, did something wrong, like, wrong in some way. And I got to say, like, I'm kind of attracted to that. Something's going on with my microphone. Hold on. I'm kind of attracted to, like, the, the bad boy, like... Goodfellas is my favorite movie, like, my family is Sicilian, like, maybe they're in the mob, maybe they were not in the mob, but, like, I am Henry Hill, like, as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster, so, like, I was making all of this up in my head, mind you, like, none of it could be true, but it just felt like there was something nefarious going on for his age and what he was doing, and he was traveling all over the world, what is going on with my mic? Hold on. Okay. So all of that to say, he sends me a screenshot of his flight. So he's supposed to fly from like someplace to Jacksonville. No, hold on. He's supposed to fly from someplace to Atlanta and then Atlanta to Knoxville. And so he sends me a screenshot of the Atlanta to Knoxville leg and then he asked me if he can stay with me, and I said no. He needed to get a hotel. And so he books a hotel, he gets the email, and he sends me a screenshot of the email, like, Dear Big John, thank you so much for your reservation. Here's a reservation number. Like, again, you've apologized to me. You want to do better. You talk about how you're drawn to me. You plan to meet me because you can't go, like, you can't wait three weeks to come back and meet me. You take a picture of your flight. You take a picture of your hotel reservation, and you send all of this to me. So it's Friday morning. I'm busting my ass. I'm getting everything together because I've got to drive from Nashville to Knoxville, drop the dog off, and go pick him up by 1.30. And I'm just like, trying to get it done, trying to get it done. And our communication is kind of sparse, but he, you know, he calls me on the way to the airport. He's texting me a little bit while he's there. And then I'm like in the car driving thinking like the first leg of his flight should be beginning like right about now. And he hasn't said bye or anything like that. But again, like I don't know him that well. So I'm like trying to like tow this line of like what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Don't be a psycho. Like just let it flow. Okay. Just let it flow. So I ask him, hey, when does your, when's your first flight leave? Mind you, I don't ask a question that like I don't already know the answer to. So I've already looked at flightview.com. I've already seen that it leaves at 1130. And so I'm waiting for him to tell me. And he calls or he texts me and he's like, babe, babe, you're not going to believe this. Um, our flight's been delayed. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> like, you don't say. And uh, 
then he calls me and he's like, Hey, I don't know what's going on. They said it might be an hour. I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I realize that like none of this is real at this point, but I'm playing along. And so I'm like, do you think you're going to make your connecting flight to Knoxville? And he's like, I don't know, but uh, there's a later flight. It gets in at 730. I think I'm going to go ahead and call American Express and like have them book it for me because I can't wait to see you. Blah, 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 bullshit. Okay. Mind you, there is absolutely no noise behind him. Now, I get it. Like you could have noise canceling headphones on and maybe I need to practice that with somebody and see what it's like. But I couldn't hear a pin, like there, a pin could have dropped and I would have heard it. It was so quiet. So to me, you're not on a plane. There would be all of this noise behind you. You would hear all these people behind you. He said he was in the lounge. And I was like, that doesn't even make sense. Like you wouldn't get on the plane, get off the plane and then like go get on the lounge. You would just like sit there. If you were going to have to wait for an hour, they're not going to like re-tag people on there. So... I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to, like, keep playing this game. And um, he sends me, he's like, I'm confirmed, booked on the next one just in case. And so then I asked him, I was like, hey, what was the flight number? What's your flight number? And he sends me the one from Atlanta to Knoxville again. I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, What's your flight number out of the city that you're going to from Atlanta? Because I'm not going to blow that up. And... He sends me the a later one, one that leaves at 3.30. And I'm like, no, 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 the one that you were supposed to be on. And y'all, after that, I never heard from him again. I called him once. I, I like texted him, I think, question marks a little bit later. I called him one time, and I FaceTimed him one time. And I never heard from him again. Now, he was a little different. He had a Facebook. And he didn't have any other social media. Which I kind of understood because he had two siblings. They have kids, family. Like, I think a lot of stuff is shared there. So I understand, like, they live far away from each other. Why he might want to have that and might want to have Facebook. Now, at some point, I tell him about Maria, like in our talks about the things that we agree with, you know, the vaccination status and just like generally about the world. I tell him about Maria. I send him. He wants to listen to the podcast. I send him, you know, I send it on Apple. He never really says anything about it. Um, So, yeah. Oh, anyways, Saturday morning, I wake up. And I get on Facebook to, like, look at his profile. Because he's very, he posts on Facebook a lot. Like, all of his travels, like, lots of pictures. Like, the typical, like, Karen mom. My mom does, my my mom posts on Facebook all the time. But everyone who still, like, does that all the time, like, that type of person, like, that was him. Like, he was really, really fucking hot. But he posted on Facebook all the time. (laughs) Anyways. I go to look at it Saturday morning to like see if he met his mom, if he's in D.C., if he's on his way off to this like alleged three-week vacation he's going on to. And y'all, he blocked me. 
So I go to text him. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm probably going to be blocked here. And I'm not texting. I'm like, not mad. I like, I'm not, I just want to test it and see if I'm blocked or not. So I send him a message that says like, you are the strangest person I have ever met. But I backed that up because we didn't actually meet. And I said, you were the strangest person I have ever encountered. Originally I had read, he gave me read receipts. Now the read receipts were gone. Never heard from him again. (laughs) Now your girl's still a creep. Don't you worry. And while my personal Facebook account might have been blocked by him, Maria was not blocked by him. And so I was still able to like toggle between profiles and go look at his profile because he puts everything on public anyways. And like he went on his trip. And he and his mom stayed at the Four Seasons everywhere they went. And he has a house in Ecuador. Like, all the things I thought he was lying about and like, okay, like I get why you didn't show up because none of this was true and you were just like LARPing, you know? No, it was all true. (laughs) So I just like don't understand, you know? There's so much of this like buildup and I'm going to talk about that again here in a second with like another encounter that I had. I guess maybe I'll just go ahead and do it. Hold on. But with Big John, like, why? Why did you, like, even if you wanted to, like, hurt me, if you were still mad about the fight that we previously had, which wasn't even really a fight. I was just like, don't, like, you're lying. Don't gaslight me. You're not going to talk to me that way. Um, Why? Like, the long con to just ghost me it just makes absolutely no sense to me like why would you book the flight even if like you had the type of like abilities on delta to you know cancel the flight and not incur any sort of penalties you know what i mean like it's either a transaction on your points or it's a transaction on your card and that's just like a lot of transacting to me to mess with me for like a moment You know, like, you could have still told me that you were coming without sending me any of that stuff. It was so strange. So I guess to, like, pose that now, juxtapose that now, I matched with somebody on Tinder, and we started talking, and it was great. It was, like, the banter was it immediately. And I think looking back now, he was probably just like matching what I was doing. I can't, I like, I wasn't thinking about it with that eye on or like that lens on, if you will, which I guess I now have to do with like literally every single person I talk to. Are you mirroring me? Are you stealing my personality? Are you just saying that you like all the same things that I like? But we talked in one day on the phone and in text for seven hours and now y'all this has been so insignificant in my life I didn't even like look this up oh now I remember okay I'm, I'm dialed back in pardon <laughs> I can't tell you how fucking weird I am okay so let me backtrack like I told you I pay for the likes on tinder And 
sometimes I fall asleep with my phone in my hand. It's a bad habit. Happens on the couch a lot. And oftentimes I'm watching some sort of video and my th- I will literally wake up and my thumb is pressed down on the phone. And it's been holding this video the entire time. It kind of scares me because sometimes I wonder if like this is how the AI like downloads into our consciousness. <laughs> That's a different discussion for a different day. All that to say is that sometimes when I fall asleep, I wake up the next morning and I have matches that I would have literally never swiped right on. And so I think sometimes it happens like when I fall asleep and I'm moving around with my phone open on Tinder like the dumb bum that I am because I'm just horny and I want to get laid. (laughs) But I never actually do anything. Oh, Lord. So I wake up one morning and I have swiped right on a profile that just has memes and normally I would never do that because rule one of tinder uh, from the eye of the divorce attorney is uh you're married you're hiding something you're not supposed to be here so I immediately was like okay are you married and he said no and I you know, I had nothing else to but believe that. And I looked at the memes and like the memes were kind of fire. And so we start talking and it's this like very quick wit banter, good conversation in text. We just roll and we start rolling y'all. And we talk for seven hours that day between Tinder application, eventually asking for my phone number and texting and then getting on the phone. Now, red flag immediately, and again, episode 33, I have been catfished before. I inquire about why are there memes, why are there no pictures? And so the story went that he has never been on a dating website before. He's joined the trifecta of applications and... He's very overwhelmed. He's worried about his employer. And so he just thought, I'm going to put these memes up there. I'm going to see what kind of likes I get. I'm going to like take this slow. And then I'll share my picture with like the people I decide to talk to. And I, again, am trying to be understanding and empathetic. And I just have gotten myself here. And I didn't mean to, but I'm just rolling with it. So I'm okay, you know. I like this conversation. We'll keep chatting. We chat and we chat and we chat. And so it's nearing the end of the night and I need to go to bed. And I'm like, okay, well, I have really enjoyed this conversation with you. I look forward to hopefully speaking with you tomorrow. When should I expect to see, see your picture? And it got weird. And then when I was like, okay, if you're not going to show it to me tomorrow, then like, what is the, like, can you say like, it's my employment, it's this, it's that, I'm apprehensive. Like, what is the reason? And then like, when should I expect to see it or meet you? And it got weird again. And he was like trying to like make it this weird fight argument. I'm like, dude, I don't even know you. I'm not arguing with you. I'm not fighting with you. Like, you're either going to send me a picture of yourself or you're not. We're either going to like speak maybe sometime in the future or we'll never speak again. Like it's not, it just is what it is. 
you might be new to online dating, but like this is what people expect. And so I was just getting to a place that I didn't want to be, and I got off the phone, and then I never heard from him again. And so with both of these people, Jason and Big John, why? Like, why Jason? Why the, like, if you are married and you're hiding behind this, like, a veil of memes, is it the emotional connection? Is it validation in some way of like your personality? Is it just pure escapism? I don't know. I just think it's so interesting the way that we LARP. And if you don't know what LARP means, it's like live action role play. The people that, you know, LARP, cosplay, dress up, act this way, get online, all the different things that we do. I just, um, LARPing. It's so interesting. I'll tell you one more story and then we'll like get into some substance because I don't want to talk about this forever. But in the interim, I went and saw Gary Clark Jr. at Red Rocks uh, a couple weeks ago in May. It was incredible. Had the best time. Highly encourage anyone that's out there. You know, I'm a, I'm a music girl. I'm a live concert. I, I love going to concerts. I love live music. I've gotten to a place now, like my mom and my best friend and I, we do it all the time. We travel for concerts together and that's one thing. But when I'm by myself in Nashville or going on these trips, I honestly prefer a concert solo. I used to be this, I still am a hopeless romantic, don't get me wrong, but I used to be this person that would buy two tickets with this like hopelessly romantic dream that like I'm either going to meet someone right before that wants to go with me we're gonna have this like great weekend together away or I'm going to meet someone on my trip um, on the way there or once I get there and we're gonna have this magical moment and they're gonna want to go to the concert with me and it just never pans out that way at all and so This time, to Red Rocks, I had two tickets because my best friend was supposed to go with me and then she backed out on me at the last minute. That's the only reason why I had two tickets this time. Because, honestly, I don't ever want to go on a first date to a concert. I don't want to go to a concert with you unless you know the weirdest sides of me imaginable. Because I don't want to feel weird. I don't want to be apprehensive. I just want to be able to be myself. And that's definitely not on a first date, you know? Because sometimes being myself is just standing there a little mushy and high, drinking my soda water and just vibing, like not dancing, just standing there watching it. You know, I just want to be weird by myself. And I've decided that concerts are a great place for me to do that. Again, I do think I want to meet like my soulmate at a concert. Like to me, that has to be it. Like somebody else who has traveled from afar to go see this artist that they love. There has to be the male version of me doing it. Anyways, I go to Denver. I go see Gary Clark Jr. I encourage you to go on a solo trip ASAP. It will change your life and perspective about everything. So evident of the sim, but that's another discussion for another day. I should have a dollar for every time I say that. I just have so so many things I want to talk to you about. Anyways, I met 
I, I connected with this guy ahead of time. And we decided that we're going to go to dinner together that Friday night when I get to Denver. And y'all, it like, we were LARPing as a boyfriend and like a couple. It's like we just, we met each other and we stepped into this role as a couple where things are very easy and we're laughing and he's going to hold my hand and I literally have just met him, but we slipped into this role so well for like a number of moments. And then at other moments, it was just like, oh my God, how did I get here? Get me the fuck out of here. Like at one point we were in an Uber and his profile said he was 6'4", maybe 6'2". Whatever the fuck he said it was, it was not it. Was not it. He was much shorter than that and his like in his picture he looked big y'all like I do not want to like be with somebody that I feel like I could sit on and like I might break you like even if you're so fit even if you are chiseled like ooh, thick man so much better than a chiseled man and he looked thick in his photo and he was not thick in person like he was really skinny so we're in the back of an uber he's got his arm around me and we're going around curve and I put my hand down on his thigh and I'm a thick thick girl on the thighs you know on the bottom half and so I got again thick thighs and so I put my hand on his thigh and my hand like squeezes in like his thigh is just so skinny and I have small hands and I just immediately am so turned off <laughs> I was like Oh my God, I bet two of your thighs equal one of mine. Like, I just got to get the fuck out of here. Anyways, we LARPed for a little while and it was just so interesting. This like unspoken, like we stepped right into it. And then when it didn't work, we stepped right out of it. We did not have a, that great of time together. And like he had talked about going to the concert with me and then we just never spoke again. <laughs> Later, later, I'll have to tell you about getting blocked again. Y'all, I don't know what I'm doing because I swear the last year especially, but really the last two, three, well, I guess really when I started doing psychedelics and like really started working on myself, I feel as though I am putting out like the most pure of intentions like I have the purest heart and I still think I'm the gangster and I still kind of root for the villain sometimes and I think that I'm the villain sometimes <laughs> and I know that probably doesn't make sense you either get it or you don't get it with like my pure of heart like I'm I want to be the bad guy sometimes but I also have the most pure heart and the most pure intentions and I can be the villain, but like you can't villainize me. And I'm just tired of that happening. When I go in in a very uncrazed way, as we might discuss later, and I'm just trying to love, and um, people don't like it. People don't like, I feel like I'm a mirror. And I'm, I mean, I, I guess it's, that's true for all of us, you know, that. You get into relationships and everything is a lesson. 
everything is a test from the universe, in my opinion. And so it's so interesting for me to be by no means am I healed by no means do I know what I'm doing or do I even know what I'm saying but I'm just speaking from my own heart and my own experience and I'm not grown but I have grown if that makes sense and so through my period of growth I can see where I used to be I can see so much and it's so interesting to me to be with somebody whether that's in a conversation or a friendship or a relationship and to see yourself like a couple levels ago to see like that unhealed version of yourself that used to exist it's so interesting and I used to experience this what 20 15-ish, and I I didn't know it then, I was going through things, and I would be on, like, one side of it in one part, like, in one relationship with an individual, and then I'd be on the other side of it in another relationship with an individual, and it was just like, oh, wow, like, the universe, it's really so chess-like sometimes, you know, just, like, a move for a move, but I don't know, so... I don't know where I was going with this now, but I guess to have perspective, whether it be just like an inch of perspective, is still evaluating things at a different angle than you did before, in a different way that you did before, understanding the world differently. And to see that projection from the person that you want to be with, you know, it's just so interesting how... I can look at somebody and I can I can see where they're struggling and then I can I can see where I'm struggling in those same ways. And that that identification process for me is becoming very easy now whether or not I actually choose to do something about it or heal in my own way is a, a different discussion, but the ability to recognize like sometimes I'll I'll start a relationship like I've had a crazy story I'll tell you later that ended up with, you know, me wanting to title this crazy and being called crazy with this relationship that I had with this person I call Ray on here that was really so brief in time. It was six weeks last summer. And it's taken me a year to, like, shake loose of it. And I still don't know everything that I was supposed to gather from it but I was in that position where I felt like a mirror and I could see myself and I could see like all the things I thought I knew like all the like how smart I thought I was and all like the things I needed to work on I could see that in him and I thought to myself like wow the tables have turned you know look at me with this like inch of perspective like I was so excited in the sense that I was like oh like this is how like you grow and you learn like letting I'm allowed I get to show this person like what I've learned and how I've healed and like let me give you like the cliff notes you know what I mean because like these are all the things I did wrong and like 
it was almost like exciting to me to see, but then for that individual to not be ready to think you're crazed, to not understand anything, not even want to, it's just so interesting. So it's like, it's like to get that door just like slammed back in your face. Um, and for them, him to not have blocked me, uh, which we'll talk about later. It's, um, it's interesting. And I know I say that sometimes it's such like a probably commonly used word on the show, but sometimes things are just like, there's no other way for me to describe them, but interesting to consider and fold and break apart and put back together. I don't know. Like this idea of blocking, which I want to explore later. But um, the way I'm like learning to process that, you know, because I say like at, in one moment, I could literally not give two shits about what you think about me. Could not care. I guess this is like my f- my water and my fire. My fire could not care. Like. That's so great for you. Please, like, go loosh somebody else. I, you mean nothing to me. Like, your opinion is that of likely what I would consider an NPC, and um, you're just an obstacle trying to bring me down. And in this other moment, my water can just feel every single feeling in the world about that, you know? And, uh, being kind of like, I'm an anxious and an avoidant attachment. And, uh, I don't know. It's, everything is a lesson. So I really don't care. And that's the other interesting perspective. I feel like some of you feel me with this. And maybe it's a little imposter syndrome. And then the rest of, like, a God complex. But, like, in one moment. I know I'm, like, the coolest motherfucker that these men are ever going to meet. And I love myself. And I know I'm a unicorn. Unicorn seeking unicorn. But then in the next moment, I'm just like, second guess everything in the entire world. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. Where were we? Blocked, on blocked, on blocked. So much LARPing. Oh, just to like wrap this up real quick before we move on. I think I had like a seizure recently on the plane it was so strange y'all so strange I will admit I went from Nashville to Denver to Morrison where Red Rocks is that's like a extremely different a big difference in elevation so I like went up and I went down in a 48 hour period of time so there's that at the same time, I did purchase these like 100 milligram sparkling water weed drinks from a dispensary out there because your girl is still California sober. We'll have to talk about that in a little bit. Not drinking. And I just wanted to get high. And most of the time, like edibles and stuff like that really don't affect me in any sort of way, any sort of real way, in my opinion. So I did ingest. One of those the day of the concert, and then I drank a bunch of it, like, right before I got on the plane, because I like to get really high before I get on a flight. Anyways, I'm in my seat, and I ate a big meal right before I got on the plane. I ate a meal 
on the flight home and my meal is done. And I distinctly remember I wanted to watch The Time Traveler's Wife because TikTok puts all these movies in my zeitgeist and makes me want to rewatch them. So I get on Amazon Prime. I buy it. Make the purchase on my account, which is importante. And then I'm getting all situated maybe five minutes into the movie. And I feel as though I have fallen asleep. Now... I am a pothead, if you, I'm a stoner is what I should say, if you know me, and so I have been dialing back on that significantly recently, and a product of that would be dreams. If you know, a lot of people who are stoners can't remember their dreams. In my opinion, like, the real is still occurring, but there's something like blocking our ability to access it, even to watch it, I think, and if we are watching it, we have absolutely, like, no way of retaining it. Anyways, I've been working on my dreams lately. So I'm also a lucid dreamer, which is a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. What am I saying? Fantastic discussion that we should have sometime in connection with Vanilla Sky and astral projection. But I, my friend, ooh, and I just started the peripheral. I'm so sorry. I'm all over the place. But if we're going to have that discussion, we need to talk about the peripheral too. And it's fantastic as well. Anyways, I can become self-aware in my dreams. I usually can't stay in the dream that much longer once I realize that I'm dreaming. But I also can't remember my dreams because I am a stoner. This is weird catch 22. If I wasn't a stoner, I'd be working on lucid dreaming and astral projection. Anyways... I'm on the flight, time traveler's wife, five minutes in, I think I fall asleep. And so I think I'm dreaming and I'm looking at my seatmate to my right and the stewardess is in front of me and I feel as though I'm trying to say something and I'm looking at them and they're looking at me kind of crazy and I think this is a weird dream. And then I realize I am not, in fact, dreaming. It was at this moment that I believe if I was convulsing, I was probably convulsing then because they were looking at me and they were very concerned. Now, mind you, this fucking bitch next to me never said anything to me thereafter, never asked me if I was okay. Oh, here goes Peyton again. Lay down. Never asked me if I'm okay. We never speak the rest of the flight. But uh, I come to, I think that's when I stop convulsing and I become embarrassed and I'm trying to kind of figure out what's going on and I just like put my head in my hands at the same time. I have terrible, terrible stomach things going on at this time and it hurts so bad. I normally have IBS. I go through waves of this often so I'm familiar with it, but it's crazy I'm sitting in first class, our bathroom is broken, and there's one in the back, but I think to myself, like, I, I can't even risk it. I can't even get up right now because I would have to wait in line, and, like, I'm just going to have to sit here and breathe through this and be in, like, terrible pain. I can't stand up. So they go and get oxygen for me, and I breathe oxygen the rest of the time. I feel fine. I walk out. I drive myself home really strange no like again I wish I should have like asked the woman next to me I guess but maybe she was really freaked out I don't know I get home and I'm just so tired and so beat and I feel so weird 
And I think, you know what? I'm going to crawl into bed and I'm going to go back and rewatch The Time Traveler's Wife. And I think to myself, like, I wonder how much time elapsed between me turning it on, falling asleep about five minutes in. I wonder how much time between then and whatever this altitude sickness or seizure or whatever it was, what happened. There was absolutely no time that elapsed. It was still five minutes in. It's like there was no sleep. There was no dream. It was me watching this movie to like thinking that I'm dreaming, but actually having a seizure or some sort of episode and then coming back to it and having all these stomach issues and like breathing funny and feeling funny. I talked to like a bunch of people. I put it on my stories and like I have a client that has seizures and he said that the um, the dreamlike state and like the stomach issues were like telltale signs of it, which is kind of scary because A, I don't go to the doctor and have no plans of going to the doctor and he told me I shouldn't go to the doctor because they might try to take my license away and I don't know. Then my assistant went to the beach and she had like a little seizure moment. She might have been overheated, but just weird seizure-like happenings um, happening. And so that is an hour, wow, of uh, me talking shit about absolutely nothing. And I could just go on and on and on. Okay. Where do we begin? Let's talk a little Taylor Swift, shall we? Is she a high witch? Is she using MK Ultra? Is this Project Artichoke? Is she a maenad that is offering the louche of the masses to the god Bacchus or Dionysus? I don't know. These are all normal, everyday thoughts that I have in my head. And here we are. Okay, so I started this discussion on Twitter like uh, 10 days ago or so, June 3rd-ish. And it's so interesting it's gone a little viral with none of y'all, of course, just all these randos that I didn't even like get picked up by the Swifties. It's just a bunch of people telling me like how stupid my post is, which again, I don't care. They don't understand it. It's all probably bots. Um, but it's really interesting how triggering it was for some people in almost um, I have made something up sort of way or that this is not based in any sort of like actual fact when in reality the original headline was Taylor Swift fans report amnesia following the era's show. And so I've now taken that and like talked about a number of things that could be happening in relation to that. But... Like, this came from actual Swifties. Uh, in one of the articles I found, it said, quote, If I did not have the five-minute video that my friend kindly took of me jamming to quote-unquote better man, I probably would have told everyone that it didn't happen, she admitted about one of Swift's surprise songs of the evening. Somebody else commented and said, quote, I feel the exact same way. I think we just blacked out from all of the magic. I'm also convinced she did not mess up, but wanted to sing the bridge again. And like 
this is in response to something else. And she put in parentheses, I was at the same show, end quote. And so first off, what I think is very interesting, just in like a words and casting spells and spelling and that type of thing, that the era's tour looks very similar to the word erase. Uh, Concert goers report no recollection of the event after attending. Do we think that she is using some sort of like mass hypnosis on them, like a la the CIA, MK Ultra, and Project Artichoke, Artichoke, excuse me, to like mind control in some way? Originally, prior to like these articles coming out, my note that I wanted to discuss um, that I had actually like written down for the pod was that I thought Taylor Swift could unite a nation, like that she could bring the world together. Like, the way, like, the number of women that are attending and willing to pay that price. I'm having a thought right now. i got to write it down. we got to, like, circle back to Divergent and Mind Control. Do you remember that movie? Um, the first movie? So, <clears throat> originally, I wanted to be, like, Taylor Swift needs to be the ambassador to something, and really it lends to the discussion that we often have here. If you're new here, um, welcome, but I, there's an arc, okay, and that arc is the actor becoming the, or the individual becoming the actor becoming the politician, a very like Manchurian candidate conversation, and that was evident, obviously, with Ra- it happened with Reagan. It's happened with Trump. You might not want to hear that, but it's true. I think there is a hypothetical where Kim Kardashian runs for president. I think that they are preparing her for that. And she's very much, um, she's kind of turning into a Barbie. And she's like androgynous in the sense that, like the thing about Barbie, despite being obviously like blonde and skinny and tall and that type of thing, is that she did not express emotion in her face because um, I think the psychology of that is like the individual, the child, the girl, the boy, whomever's playing it is um, projecting their emotion onto it. And that's why she's more expressionless. And so I saw this theory once talking about Kim Kardashian saying that she's making herself look um, very similar to Barbie in like an emotionless kind of way, but also in a way that like she could be Armenian, she could be Cuban, she could be Latin American, she could be Italian looking that like to her consumer, um, they can project themselves, they can see themselves in her anyways in addition to her law degree and her criminal justice work and things like that, all of those breadcrumbs, in my opinion, are for a hypothetical where they run her as a presidential candidate. Obviously, not anytime soon. You know, this is, you know, a decade's worth of repairment to an image and not really repairing. It's just a different manner of preparation. You know, Discussions on Kanye becoming a president, discussions on Caitlyn becoming a president are really just um, test subjects, seeing what people think about it. What's the word that I'm looking for? Like a control group to see what people might say. You can also see the actor um, arc, the actor to politician. I think they're grooming Chris Pratt for that, being married to Catherine Schwarzenegger, I think Matthew McConaughey, I think, 
who else? Anyways, all of that to say, some time from now, I mean, look what she's doing. You could see Taylor Swift coming out from behind the mic and getting more political than she already is and running for some sort of elective office. Again, that's a crazy, crazy hypothetical in a crazy world. But if we keep going down this obsession celebrity track, you could see where it, it could be plausible, you know? You know, I'm sure what is it? It's a back to the future reference that I want to make now when Marty goes back to the future and it's 1955 and Doc asks him, "Who was the president in 1985?" And Marty goes, "It's Reagan." And Doc goes, "The actor?" Like it's like you would never believe that in 1955 that Ronald Reagan the actor was going to become president. So I get a lot of flack for that sometimes, the Kim Kardashian take, but I'm like, if you don't see it, then, I mean, you're not invited to this table, you know? And again, not to saying that it necessarily would occur, you just have to be open to the hypothetical, my love, my little lovey dove. That's what I call Peyton all the time. Anyways, Project Artichoke was a mind control program that gathered information together with the intelligence divisions of the Army, Navy, Air Force, and FBI. In addition, the scope of the project was outlined in a memo dated January 1952. In that memo, the CIA asked, quote, Can we get control of an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against fundamental laws of nature, such as self-preservation. I mean, you immediately, immediately consider MK Ultra. I mean, my mind in that context goes to Jason Bourne, you know, where they break these, I mean, obviously that's a movie, Maria, yes, I know, but again, if you're new here, I like to use movies as visuals, so you can see and think about what I'm talking about when I talk about it with you. But I immediately go to Jason Bourne, the idea of breaking that individual to a, like bringing him down to a protocol, having him hypnotized in that way, and then having trigger words that elicit different responses based on this Trauma bound, tra- I mean, I don't know what to call it. Just, it could be trauma bound training. It could be MK Ultra. It could be this frequency stuff that we're going to talk about here. It could be hypnosis. I don't know. But Project Artichoke goes on to say that methodical sound and visuals cause the mind to go into a hypnotic state, especially for people who naturally slip into dissociated states. Symptoms include memory loss, perception of time fluctuations, body sensory shifts, loss of sense of the body can feel like you're floating in or out of your body. They mention the memory and the time distortion in the article as things that the concert goers experienced. They talk about... um, you know, the amnesia effect here, uh, having no idea that they even saw these songs but for the media that existed on their phones. And so 
This goes back to that like methodical sound and visuals cause the mind to go into a hypnotic state, especially for those people who naturally slip into dissociated states. And so we could go into an entire discussion about, we used to talk about this a lot a number of years ago, that kind of like whisper tech technology, which is probably analogous to all of this, uh, wondering how... Like, did they have the ability to literally, like, send a message into your brain? Like, you get into an entire discussion on schizophrenia and whether or not that actually exists. Or um, if the government, if they, if the CIA, if the architects, whomever all these people are or work for, we just, that proverbial they, if they have the ability to send a message, like, into your brain like that... And then to use methodical sound and visuals, it's very much like an MK Ultra, that traditional thing that you see in the movies where, um, you know, the eyes are taped open or wired open in some sort of way, and there are um, the sound is like the the loudest it can possibly go, playing like heavy metal or something like that, and then there's some sort of weird visual effect um, meant to drive you into some sort of dissociated state, I guess. <coughs> I'm sorry, excuse me, going back to say that like you typically hear, you wonder, you hear all these type of things and wonder if, you know, in the false flags that occur, in the shootings that occur, if they're using things like this to get into the mind of those individuals and push them, they, you know, people that already have mental issues that already are susceptible to going into some sort of disassociative state that they find out about that and then um, use things like this, more things that we're going to talk about here to um, push that individual to do something. And very much the uh, can we get control of an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and against self-preservation. The definition of mass hypnosis would also include this kind of like this use of methodical sound. Um, oh shit! Look at me. I'm going looking at my notes, and this is all that I put into my tweets. I just need to really look at my tweets. I'm sorry. Okie dokie. Back at it. So there's something called electronic dissolution of memory (EDOM), and it enables a quote unquote controller to cause an illusionary distortion of memory that destroys one's time orientation. So the basis of a stored memory is the presence of a neural transmitter substance. Ooh, here we go. Acylcholine. Acylcholine at a synapse which separates one nerve cell from another. EDOM, again, electronic dissolution of memory. Through the use of radio waves and ultrasonic signal tones suddenly builds up an excess of the transmitter substance, this neural transmitter substance, so that it cannot transfer excitation from one cell to another. In effect, it blocks the memory of the moment, which is our feeling of momentary time. Thus, it seems to stop time for as long as it is placed in use. EDOM could therefore be used for a period of several minutes, effectively erasing those minutes from the victim's memory. So basically what they're saying, like, there is a neural transmitter that exists, acetylcholine, acetylcholine, 
acetylcholine, something like that, Addison naps. And when they increase that um, to a point of excess, the excitation from one cell to another can occur. So that buildup prevents basically um, a, something converting from short-term memory to long-term memory. I took, um, I had to take English, obviously, as a general education under requirement in undergrad. The cool thing about where I went is that we had these themed English classes. And so one of the ones that I took was based on memory. And one of the very like elementary things that we learned at that time, one of the basic things is that there's a very poor perception of like what short-term memory is versus long-term memory in the sense that people just kind of use them in a way that's really not true. True, true short-term memory exists in like 30 seconds to 60 second window. And you convert what happens within that window into a long-term memory. So long-term memory beginning at like one minute and more. This conversion has to occur in order for you to retain the long-term memory. So people just like often use that term short-term memory short-term memory excuse me um in a way that's just like not correct and so you could see that here though as it discusses um it blocks the memory of the moment which is our feeling of momentary time and thus it the it stops time for as long as that's placed in use and so i think basically in addition to like the excess of the neurotransmitter it's it's preventing the short-term memory from being converted into a long-term memory, but then also at the same time um, blocking your feeling then of experiencing time in that way. In addition to that, the CIA came out in 1962 in one of its manuals, and it, in it it focused on what they call radiohypnotic intracerebral control, RHIC, which is developed by the Pentagon. And this occurs when a part of your brain receives a tiny electrical impulse from some sort of outside source. This could be vision, this could be hearing, whereby then an emotion is produced. For example, this would be anger at the sight of a gang of boys beating an old woman. That same emotion, that same range of emotions of anger can be created by artificial radio signals sent to your brain by a controller. You could instantly feel the same white hot anger without any apparent reason. RHIC, radio hypnotic infracerebral control, is used as a tool for control of individual human behavior that involves the application of post-hypnotic suggestion triggered by radio transmission. Meaning that it like refers to this reoccurring hypnotic state reintroduced automatically at intervals by radio control. An individual is first placed under hypnosis, either with his knowledge or without it, by use of some sort of narco-hypnosis, which can be brought into play under many guises, like a concert, for example. He is then programmed to perform certain actions and maintain certain attitudes upon radio signal. The signal is practiced while he is under hypnosis to teach him how to respond. Basically, it's setting some kind of like trigger up. 
He's programmed to perform certain actions and maintain certain attributes or attitudes upon a radio signal. It's like in this hypothetical, like what will Swift's trigger word be? Certain behavior can therefore be quote unquote played over a period of days or even months. Reintroduction can be instituted by the same procedure to continue the control for an unlimited time. Both of these things, RHIC and EDOM, go a long way towards providing an earthbound rationale for alien abductions as well, or at least certain aspects of them. Uh, for example, the phenomenon of quote-unquote like missing time can is really no longer mysterious if you think about it this way. Abductee implants, um, both intracerebral and otherwise, are explained. Uh, it, note that the reference to a quote-unquote reoccurring hypnotic state reintroduced automatically by the same radio command. This could account for like repeater abductees who after their initial encounter with an alien, then have like regular sessions of missing time and abduction, even while like a bedmate allegedly sleeps undisturbed. So we have like the notion of like Project Artichoke. We have this notion of like radio hypnotic infracerebral control. We have this notion of... um what was it? I wanted to read it out to you again. Electronic dissolution of memory. And so that's where I was like kind of going back to, if you remember the movie Divergent, it's obviously not um, this type of hypnosis or none of the things that we just talked about were used in that, but they did, they were injected with some sort of serum and that serum affected everyone who was not divergent. And so they were then placed into a hypnotic state. And they were completely dissociated from who they normally were. You couldn't talk to them. You couldn't wake them up. They then received guns. And upon a trigger, started just killing everyone. Now, by no means am I necessarily attributing like Taylor Swift's use of a hypnotic state in her music to um, suggest anything like Divergent, but I do want to illustrate the idea of, you know, you, ha you have these people at a concert that are exhibiting signs that, you know, Amnesia could be, I mean, I'm sure any doctor could attribute it to anything with the right discussion, but does find it to be very interessant, as one might say, especially then when you compound it with like, you know, the satanic references that exist in all of her shit. I, you know, I, I don't think anyone talks about and maybe they do, and I'm just not a part of the discussion because I don't desire to be. I don't know if you know this about old T Swifty, but Homegirl loves a coincidence, loves a synchronicity, loves an Easter egg. And everything is connected in her music. And I don't listen to her. I don't know it that deep. I just know it from like an observation standpoint that everything has double meaning and is connected. And it's so intricate and layered. 
I, I just find it interesting that like nobody ever talks about that. It's just kind of like accepted for it is what it is. Like all of her fans are always looking in um, what anything that she puts out on any platform. Like Homegirl, I think is a writer and like has pen names and pseudonyms and like it's just again all very interesting, all very cultish. Taylor Swift is most definitely a cult leader, in my opinion. So then if you subscribe to, okay, frequency is causing this. Frequency is causing amnesia and, you know, the ability to... All this crazy stuff that's allegedly happening. Couldn't frequency then... Like, if a frequency can cause you to emote, doesn't that emotion thereby have a frequency okay now you understand the notion of louche i use the term so much but louche being the idea that um you can go into a whole discussion on the archons and earth being a slave planet and uh gold and all this crazy stuff uh but let's just take louche for like what it is at face value that if i emote in some way that that is some sort of frequency and that that frequency and that emotion is some sort of currency to someone. If you want a visual for this, think about like a Dementor. And in the idea of Harry Potter, the Dementor is like siphoning a little bit of the soul from the individual. I'm not necessarily saying the soul in this instance, even though I think it could hypothetically be done in like some sort of same or similar way. I'm just talking about emotion, like pure emotion, love, hate, fear, lust, all of them having a frequency, all of them being palpable in some way, tangible in some sort of way. And there being some mechanism or individual or corporation for that matter, or entity that uses louche in some way. I don't know exactly how it's used, where it's used, what it's used for, but it's there, it has value, it exists, and to me it all boils down to louche. So, you have thousands upon thousands of women just looshing themselves for lack of a better term emoting and screaming and crying every like range of emotions in the book that exists they are giving to taylor and she is lapping it up okay so loosh might not be the term that you like and it might sound silly or juvenile in some way but I didn't coin it. Somebody else did. So it's what we're going to use for the time being. So my question is, one of many questions I have is like, I generally ask like, what does it mean? Where does it go? Like, what do they do with it? But homegirl, like Taylor Swift, what is she doing with all of this louche? Okay. So now if you've ever seen True Blood, I want you to think of, and I need to look and see what season this is, because I know y'all are going to ask me and want to watch it. But, okay, there's True Blood, and it talks about fairies and vampires and werewolves and 
shapeshifters, and everything in between. Okay, it's True Blood, Season 2, Episode 4, Tara's Birthday, and Marianne's Incantation. So, in True Blood, they have all sorts of monsters and things like that. In Season 2, Episode 4, Marianne represents a maenad. Okay, and I've never forgotten this. I actually think of this scene all the damn time, y'all, because she comes into town and she starts having these like frenzied parties. And in the show, the clip of this I have somewhere on Instagram on the Oracle, the Oracle 333. In the television show, she's always throwing these parties and people are eating and drinking and they're sexual and they're dancing and they're grinding all of each other. Like it's always this like very intense moment. And at these parties, like their eyes turn black. It's like they're under Marianne's control. And she does this sort of like, crazed dance and you can see her like the way that she moves she's taking all of this emotion and sexual energy and like everything that they're putting into this like party that they're feeling there she's like lapping it up and so in the show she is a maenad and a maenad is a um hold one second is a where are my notes? Maynads can morph their hands into talons. Let's see. So there are two gods. There's the Roman god of Bacchus, and then there is the Greek god of Dionysus. Now, the Maynads, Maynads, excuse me, um, were known in Greek mythology, and they were the female followers of Dionysus and the most significant members of the Theosis. The guards were tuned. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Their name literally translates as the Raving Ones. Uh, let's see. They were often portrayed uh, as inspired by Dionysus to like get into this state of ecstatic frenzy through a combination of dancing and intoxication. Other cult practices of the Maenads included ecstatic dancing and the Bacchic revelry. The wild energy of these rituals was imbued in them by the god, who caused his worshippers to experience frenzy and mania. Their, this ecstatic worship was accompanied by uh, music and the wild yelling of the participants. According to scholars, the goal of this ritual was to induce a frenzied state in which the worshiper could become closer to Bacchus. The style of worship was observed in festivals such as the Bacchanalia of the Romans. According to the Roman author Livy, the Bacchanalia festival was only open to women and it lasted for three days. The festival was held in strict privacy, and the attendees were bound to secrecy. Scholars believed that the Bacchanalia served two types of religious purposes. The first was as a public celebration and a platform to have plays, but the second was that of release and revelry through frenzied ritual. So, to me, like, 
this uh, Bacchanalia. Bac- Bacchanan Alia. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. This is what is portrayed in a different form in True Blood when Marianne is having these parties. This is her like Bacchanalia, okay? And so it's this three-day party that only females are invited to. And so I found that interesting, and it reminded me of Taylor Swift. It reminded me that I had seen that she was having three nights of performances in the cities that she was going to. And so I went and I looked at the Eras tour. And while it does span a great deal of time, more so than the dates in which I'm about to give you, what I found interesting is that she spent three nights in each city from March 31st, 2023 until June 4th, 2023 a period of, dun-dun-dun, 66 days. Taylor Swift, in my opinion, is, like, she's hosting her own, like, Pagnalia festivals open only to women and lasting three nights each. And so what I didn't hit on that well, but I'm going to reiterate it this time, is that Taylor Swift aside, you know me, I love live music. I love concerts. I do this all the time by myself. And every single time I go to a concert, I think of the Maynard. I think of Marianne and True Blood. And I think of Dionysus because I'm, again, like, I mostly go to these things by myself. And so I'm always kind of like wandering around doing my own thing, like in my own world. And. A great deal of time, like, I'm in the thick of it up near the front. But then at other times, I'm from the side just, like, taking it all in. And truly, it was actually the first time that I went to Red Rocks. This would have been April of uh, 2022. I went and saw Citizen Cope there, and I was in the front row. And, like, this concert had just been, like, it was supposed to be in 2020, and it was COVID, and it just got bumped and bumped and bumped. Finally had it in April of 22. And I'm there, front row, looking up at, like, this amphitheater that's been carved out by the gods, if you will, in between these red rocks. And at one point, I go and get a drink, and I'm standing there on the side just watching hundreds of rows of people dance and move and feel to this music and I've always thought of it as this like I make this like Maynard Marianne True Blood reference but it was really in that moment where I saw that and I always then like go back to those thoughts and I think about it and I watch all of these people dance and loosh and it feels like this frenzied maynad party uh, that's an offering to Dionysus and so finally now coming full circle what like hearing all of this stuff about Taylor Swift and now like reading more like it was such a um, like I didn't I delved into the thought but I didn't delve like this deep if you will and I wasn't like making these connections but like I always think about that every time I go to a concert 
and I'm kind of like looking up into the sky, even though obviously like I have no ability to observe loosh or the frequency or anything like that. But I always wonder like, are there literal like dementors, you know, just like here, like are they siphoning the loosh, the emotion? Are they catching it in some way? Uh, can you just like come here and partake in it? I don't know. Like I just, I want to know how it all works. But you know what I also want to know is like, I don't understand like to whom it is all offered and to like, what does it all mean? Okay. Like everything for me seemingly keeps going back to the Egyptians and I think there's this concerted effort to hide all of these references to Egypt that exist here in North and South America. I think the Nile being analogous to the Mississippi River, Egypt and the Delta with their found out in uh, the Grand Canyon that's being like hidden by the Smithsonian. I read an article recently about finding an Egyptian temple in like East Tennessee. I don't know. There's something there to me. And sometimes I wonder if it all goes back to Egypt. But then at the same time, we have these Greek gods. We have these Roman gods. We have uh, Satan, you know? Like, we have all these discussions on Satanism and offerings. And, like, I just don't know that I believe that any of it exists. And it just seems like a rebrand of a rebrand of a rebrand. And, you know... I can be, I cannot believe that Satan exists and I could have an entire lifetime where I probably don't encounter it again and in my holographic universe like it doesn't affect me but at the same time like if I believe that Satan exists then he likely will and so I just I like I just want to know like I wish I could know what is real and what's not real in the context like are there hundreds of gods you know uh, does it, is it this one? Is it that? I just, I don't know. I think you know what I mean as, as I have this conversation, but like, okay. So Taylor Swift is a main ad and, um, she's putting the female followers of her into a frenzied state. She's offering this louche, this emotion, this mania, to Dionysus, to Bacchus. She's having the Bacchanalia. She did it for 66 days, having three-day festivals. Okay, so that God is real in this hypothetical. But, like, what does that mean? What does any of it mean? Like, is this a, this currency, this louche? Like, is it that good? Like, is this payment in some sort of way? I don't know. I don't know the answer to any of it, but I just find all of it to be so crazed. Like, I found this meme, not, not excuse me, it's not even a meme, what am I saying? It's a screenshot of an article where it shows, um, like, if you've been on social media and you, you get into any of this stuff at all, if it comes up on your For You page, what the individual is wearing to her night with Taylor Swift at the Eras tour has become this huge thing. And so everyone's showing their fits. And there's 
this woman who seemingly is very beautiful and has a beautiful gold dress on. And there's a screenshot of an article that says Taylor Swift fans are literally wearing adult diapers so they don't miss a second of her era's tour concert. Now, in addition to all of this shit, I generally have observed, again, going back to the Bacchanalia, like the the frenzied, manic state that these people are in. Like, again, I think I said this on my stories, I go to upwards of 10 concerts a year. Like, I am a concert junkie. Like, live music is my thing. I have seen some of the fucking greats. I have seen some of the legends, some of my idols, and I have never once acted like this. I have never once considered wearing an adult diaper because I was worried I might miss out on one of the songs the Eagles were going to play. Like, that? That? That are you all doing? That's crazy. You know, men are calling me crazy. Mind you, they're fucking women that are married, that like have devout husbands that are wearing diapers to concerts. And like, I can't get a fucking text back. I get blocked. (laughs) What is real? How do you define real Morpheus? I just don't know. Now to really just like, round all of this up because I kind of forgot to mention it before Uh, you know all of this also relates to the idea of Havana syndrome so all you motherfuckers who quote tweeted me on my Taylor Swift I know you're not listening to this but like y'all let's talk about Havana syndrome like the cluster Havana syndrome is a cluster of idiopathic symptoms experienced mostly abroad by United States government officials and military personnel. The symptoms range in severity from pain and ringing in the ears to cognitive dysfunction and were first reported in 2016 by the United States and the Canadian embassy staff in Havana, Cuba. Okay, so where do we want to begin various United States government representatives attributed the incidents that happened to attacks by some sort of unidentified foreign actor and various U.S. officials blamed the reported symptoms on a variety of unidentified and unknown technologies including ultrasound and microwave weapons Other possibilities such as pesticides and other toxins were also raised, but there was no conclusive evidence. Okay, I wanted to play this little video for you, and by video, I mean audio. Okay, hold on. 2014, NSA finally gives me a document. The National Security Agency confirms that there is intelligence information from 2012, four years before Havana, associating the hostile country to which Mr. Beck traveled in the late 1990s with a high-powered microwave system weapon that may have the ability to weaken, intimidate, or kill an enemy over time and without leaving evidence. 
The 2012 intelligence information indicated that this weapon is designed to bathe a target's living quarters in microwaves, causing numerous physical effects, including a damaged nervous system. And this is the document that the U.S. government, NSA, the CIA, and others need to respond to and say, what did you mean by 20? Okay, y'all, so... We got Taylor Swift using hypnosis. We've got MK Ultra. We've got Project Artichoke. We've got RHIC. We've got EDOM. And then we've got fucking Havana Syndrome, where they're using all of it against US officials, against Canadian officials in the early, like the mid 2016, 2017. But then this individual here is saying, hey guys, uh, look, who was it that he said? I can't even remember now. Hold on. What do you say? National Security Agency. NSA comes out and says, yep, the use of pulsed microwave weapons and mind control technology has existed for years, y'all. What you want to say? We can take a weapon. We can microwave your brain from your bedroom, and then you'll die, and there will be absolutely no trace of what happened to you. Just wild, I tell you. Fluffin' wild. United States Secretary of State Antony Blinken has said that Washington is still trying to get to the bottom of a mysterious illness that has affected U.S. diplomats posted around the world, but does not yet know what the cause, affliction, or who is behind it. Mysterious neurological syndrome known as Havana syndrome has emerged. Y'all, it's just, you know, we just really can't win for losing. It's either microplastics, it's nanotechnology, I'm going to be fucking microwaved with Havana syndrome now. And if I listen to too much Taylor Swift, watch out world, because she's going to trigger word me later and uh, I'm going to carry out. Wah, wah, wah. Not going to say anything that will be used against me later in time. Hashtag Maria didn't kill herself. No, let's not be morbid, y'all. I just, um, I find all of this to be so interessant. I think, again, conspiracy theorists aren't making anything up here. This is Taylor Swift fans reporting that they have no memory of the concert they paid a thousand dollars to go to i just don't know oh my gosh in addition to that maybe i should play the um videos for you better than me repeating it because i'm just it's not my best argument i'm not that well versed on it but there is um a discussion that taylor swift is reincarnated high witch please hold Oh man, this video has no sound. That's the former high priestess of the Church of Satan, who looks a lot like Taylor Swift. Hmm, that's pretty ironic, right? Because it's not like this is a coven of witches, right? In this it says, wait for the signal. They'll meet you after. Lyrics. 
So all sorts of like satanic references at her place. Just speculation, right? And then someone posted this online. Someone else was thinking this. So someone did this thing called Summon the Demons and put it on TikTok. And then Taylor Swift commented and said, is this the new one, two, three, let's go B because be honest. Just kind of weird stuff like that. Lots of satanic references, but uh, really what you should gain out of this is that Zena LaVey, the former high priestess of the Church of Satan, is now dead and looks remarkably, remarkably like Miss Taylor Swift herself. Let's see. Where does the louche go? Where does all the chaos magic go? It's the same sort of like reported anomalies we saw in Travis Scott's Astro World. That same sort of shift of energy. The discussion that we had at that time about the frequencies and how people just talking generally that uh, they felt weird there, that they felt um, a bad energy there. You know, it goes without saying, um, I'm just going through my notes right now, kind of reiterating some of the points. Obviously, the CIA has had a long history of using Hollywood for mind control. You can see that in the Charles Manson use of Helter Skelter back in the 60s or 70s, whenever that was. I mean, really, at the end of the day, you're combining all of this. You're combining the idea of whisper tech technology. And then you're also thinking of just like the general idea of, a, of an inception the movie Inception, of taking an idea and planting it into someone's subconscious. Um, all of this, I mean, seems like a good way to like plant ideas into somebody's subconscious. You know, I have a, I don't know that I want to go too far into it. Um, you know, is adrenochrome real? Is it not? I don't know. Could we have a whole discussion on I don't think frazzle drip is real, but adrenochrome actually being real and like the elites drinking like the adrenalized but blood of children is a discussion. In addition to that, I think a discussion that's not had quite as often is the idea that like think about Britney Spears, for example. Think about um, the the MK Ultra with her. And I don't know if you've ever seen this in some of her interviews, but she used to talk about all the time that they were always taking my blood, um, that there was so much blood withdrawal from her. So I have a theory, um, separate and apart from the idea of an adrenochrome, adrenochrome with children, is the idea that these stars, uh, Beyonce, Britney Spears, um, Nicki Minaj, all these people that have MK altered in some way, the idea that they go out there, they do this performance of a lifetime. It's the highest of highs. It's just, uh, they feel a way, a godlike feeling. You and I can only fathom uh, what that might feel like. They get off stage and imagine they go back and immediately give blood. And so in this hypothetical uh the adrenochrome exists in that adrenalized blood. And so let's imagine then that that blood is then sold to the highest bidder. And when consumed, you would then feel like Sasha Fierce and Beyonce. You would then feel like Britney Spears felt 
when she's on the stage performing to hundreds of thousands of people. Sometimes I wonder um, about adrenochrome in that way versus hearing that it's coming from children in some sort of way. Uh, there's, there's also a, a, an interesting little factoid that was floating around on TikTok as well. I don't even know who won the NBA finals or if they're done, but the Eras tour, the Erase tour, every city in which Taylor Swift performed, the NBA team has been eliminated. She performed in Atlanta and the Hawks lost to the Celtics in the first round. She performed in Philadelphia, the 76ers lost to the Celtics. She performed in Boston and then the Celtics lost to the Heat. That that was interesting. Um, we could then take this. This is my kind of last one of my last notes on this. Radio wave hypnosis techniques. I think were also used during COVID lockdowns, and I think you can see that perhaps in like the the TikTok dances. I've talked about this before. I did my one video that like actually blew up on TikTok. Um, is a video about this very idea. And it explores, <coughs> I'm sorry, it explores and kind of compares the movements done in the OA, the show on Netflix, highly recommend if you haven't seen it, it's only two seasons. Uh, there's five movements that they do and when they're done correctly, you have the ability to jump into a different timeline, into like a parallel universe and the idea of the multiverse. And if there was some sort of like, radio wave hypnosis techniques that were being used during COVID lockdowns. Like, don't you see that in like that, oh my God, the, that cringy way that people were dancing on TikTok. I saw a video of, um, I don't even remember those children's names. It was like men that were 18 and 19 with like the washboard abs that were doing the gayest fucking dances I have ever seen in my entire life on TikTok in 2020. But taking that those ideas and those dances, like the renegade, all those things, like I just think of the OA every time that I see them. And like to whom are those positions like being offered, you know? And the idea of the OA, there's these five dance or these five movements, and when they're done correctly, you jump a timeline. If movements then have meaning in this lifetime like similar to that the way that like so many bodies were contorted in the same way during that time like what does it mean like where did it go to whom was all of that proffered you know just fascinating things to just discuss and consider you know what I mean my little jelly bean Ooh, we're hitting on two hours. I really kind of think that's the end of my T-Swifty. I'm going to talk about it more. I'm going to get better at my theory, which is kind of throwing everything at you. So definitely let me know what you think about that. Uh, I guess, how should we end this? So... Kind of what I was saying in the very beginning, you know, I don't know what I'm so afraid of. I don't 
know why I'm so afraid to like face myself. I don't know why I'm afraid to face you at times. Um, I feel like we talk about this often and it's like evident in like the ups and downs of me and what I'm trying to do here and my account and the podcast. And, you know, at times it's very difficult to maintain like I want to maintain like I literally think so much about like how I want to talk to you and what I want to tell you and like the conversations I want to have but the like the steps between there and like getting behind the microphone are so long you know I don't quite understand it quite yet I um it's also hard and like the advent of the shadow band to like want to put out content that I literally know is going to fall into deaf ears. But, um, I don't know. It's just hard sometimes to figure out like where I am and how I fit in and how I should like come here to you. You know, I, um, I feel like we've been on this journey together and it's one of self discovery and, Part of it has been learning to trust ourselves. Part of it is embracing like the weird, crazy individuals that we are and being happy with that and being content and fulfilled and learning how to exist. Like, I think that's something that we don't talk about enough is like the conspiracy theorist, the, um, Like, the you and the me, you know? Like, living in this, like, 5D existence, but, or I guess wanting to live a 5D existence, but then having to live it in the 3D. Like, the ability to go down a rabbit hole and, like, here we go. Knowing how to deep dive down the rabbit hole and come back out ready to fully show up for your everyday life is a skill set that we don't talk about enough. And I have to agree. But then in that, like, there's so much learning, you know, and processing and trying to, like, tap into, like, whatever this source is, whatever it may be for you. Like, we don't have to agree on it. But you do have to admit that, like, it has to do with you. It has to do with you as the individual. And I find it has to hinge on loving yourself and trusting yourself and growing in that way. Okay? So I'm frustrated. I'm puzzled. I'm flabbergasted. I I don't know. I'm almost angry and I just I don't understand and I don't know like I'm just gonna talk I don't know how much I'm gonna go into it but again last year dated a guy we'll call him Ray six weeks such an insignificant amount of time but it was such a weird way to begin it began with this real estate transaction of him buying land for me And then doing it in a really weird way where he gave me two-thirds of the price or, yeah, two-thirds of the price and then wanted six months to give me 
the remaining one third and then we closed and it was just you guys it was so fucking magical in the beginning like uh even before we met like we both just knew I'm this type of like very ritualistic person and like the kind of weird research and the things that I look at and stuff and so like I got into this bad habit when I was getting on social media back then of like looking at his social media and he's not the type of person that posts like there was going to be nothing new that day but like I still had to look and analyze and see if it meant like I was just so fucking excited and then when we finally met it felt like actual magic in in those that those first moments those first days And then it fell, and it fell so hard and so fast, and it wasn't me. It was all him. And it was a situation where he's telling me, I haven't dated anyone in 15 years. Like, I don't, like, I'm in love with you, and it will be you, and I will never be with anyone else. Um, But I just don't want to be with anyone. I just want to be with myself, and I have no energy to give you, like, I, I can't give you what you need. And I know how that must sound, but if you just literally took it at face value as if he meant it. Um, And that was so frustrating to me because this was like woke me, grown me, elevated me, advanced me, awoken me. You know, I've been through some shit. I have been catfished I've been beat up I have been really hard on myself and didn't trust myself and ignored every single fucking red flag and never listened to the intuition that I knew that was within you know and so here I am so elevated so I still don't know anything but I still know a little bit and I decided to fall in love you know with all of this growth behind our back. And um, it's it was been very difficult for me to just, like, let that go. Like, he has proved to be somebody that he eventually told me that he fell in love with me. He fell out of love with me one night based on something that I said. But then won't tell me what it was that I said, which doesn't matter. It's not love. But for me, I did fall in love. And then it's just got like this elevated form of like consciousness immediately was taken away. And so here I am in the aftermath trying to figure out like, where did I go wrong here? This was supposed to be a new lesson. I thought I knew what I was doing this time. Blah, 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 blah. All of that bullshit aside. And the months that followed were ups and downs, and periods of ignorance, and silence, and anger, and um, a lot of meanness at the end of the day. Now, saying all that back, it sounds so obvious, you know, but in the moment, it wasn't that apparent, I suppose. And when I tell you that I'm learning to trust my gut. I'm learning to trust my intuition and everything inside of me. Truly, every ounce of intellect, 
and knowledge. I had feelings, all of it, all of it pointed back to fucking Ray. And I used to say like, like literally Cheney is my mirror, my sounding board. If I have a thought, that bitch knows it and counsels me through all of my ups and downs and explorations of the heart. And I was experiencing a level of synchronicity in a way that like she was experiencing it as well. Like it was just crazy. And my gut and my intuition, my intuition kept saying, hold on. This isn't over. Um, Like, you know, he just doesn't know yet. And it just like kept pointing back, kept pointing back. And I think in a a different lifetime, in another hypothetical, like I would have devoted myself to that idea and like literally done nothing else. And, you know, I'm still going to live my life. I'm not going to live in like, it's like the Delulu of the Delulu delusion. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it was. My heart, my intuition, my gut, the synchronicity, the fucking universe, the simulation, everything said, have faith. Everything said, like, it's not now, but it is sometime soon. And I just kept following my gut. I just kept following my intuition, like not to a place of like, I'm calling you every single day. I just like, I felt that like something was going to happen. Like this was going to culminate and it, it literally was just going to take us spending time together at some point for me to like go one way or the other. Like I just, I thought in my mind, like I, if I just spent time with him, I think that he would fall in love with me again. And like, again, maybe that's me being like pure Delulu, but that's just how I felt. And again, like I was, I kept saying to Cheney, like this motherfucker is so dusty and he doesn't deserve my like attention and my thought. And I objectively like understand that like this isn't going to work and I don't want it. Like all signs pointed the opposite way but like I just I could not like get him out of my head I could not like his name was like on my like I tasted it all the time I don't miss we can talk about manifestation until the cows come home but I truly felt like I am not manifesting him like I am not like this is Delulu but like I am not feeding this delusion like I truly felt like it was him thinking about me him manifesting me because I'm literally trying to move on I'm trying to not think about this I'm trying to like get this out of my brain but I just can't and it feels like my whole self is guiding me this way so we have ups we have downs we have meanness we have real estate transactions we have him begging me to get out of it um we have good conversations. We talked a couple of weeks ago for 30 minutes and we I just giggled the entire time. And so to me, this is all culminating. This is all coming all the way back around to the weekend that we met one year later. This huge golf tournament at the golf course that I grew up on um, where my mom lives near. And I knew I was going to see him. And to me, like 
everything was just going to fall into place. And like, maybe it wasn't perfect at first, but it was a step forward in the right direction. And I just wanted to like spend time with him. Like I just like missed it and like wanted to like those 30 minutes of the phone of just giggling. I just wanted to do that in person. Like I loved how like silly he was to the point of like good banter great laughter like we were just like silly together like the world is so stupid and so serious I just want someone that I can like laugh and be silly with and y'all this um again we talked on the phone it was a great conversation we even texted a little bit in the week leading up to this golf tournament uh I had a trial on Thursday my trial gets continued I bought so many athletic wear dresses like I wanted to be the cutest woman at the golf tournament I wanted to look so effortless it was just like so much thought so much preparation should I get this should I get that will this fit over my head like just so much will I wear it on this day will I wear it on that day will he run into me at this time like I was just so fucking excited y'all and I ran into this man and he ran away from me like literally ran in the opposite direction and left the next day we uh he avoided it. The day after that, he was walking in a group, like, down a normal cart path. And I was at a house party, and this house party was joining the group to then, like, walk the rest of the um, the golf tournament. And he was in this group, and I was joining the group. And he left, and he walked around and, like, by the pond into the rough, like, around the hole just so we would not be on the same path at the same time. Like there were hundreds of people out there. You could have literally looked the other way and avoided me, but he could not even be close to me. And that's such an interesting feeling. Again, when I'm trying to like, I'm the hardest bitch and the biggest crybaby all at the same time. And so, thankfully, like, it was it was so comical. It was literally, like, the funniest thing in the entire world. And, like, everyone we were with was, like, laughing our asses off by truly how ridiculous it was because it was a 45-year-old man just running away from me rather than look me in the eye. But for a moment, it was... Let me run in the actual opposite direction. And I wish I could tell you it got better than that. It most certainly did not. Uh, got real, real bad. And uh, mostly, well, I guess, oh, I got to tell you, I got, I'm forgetting the best part. Shit, Maria, goddamn. Okay. So, old Ray's like, I wish you well, you know. He used to tell me that he still loved me. Now he tells me he likes me. There's just nothing there. He's not interested. He wants to be alone. Blah, blah, blah. But I love you. I wish you well. 
you're the best blah 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 again okay so it's saturday and my best friend her family is throwing a little party lives on the golf course uh so it's right in front of one of the holes we watch the people come in we tailgate we eat we drink we be merry everyone's there all day long at one point I decide I want to leave the party and go walk through the golf course and just kind of see who I see. So me and one of my girlfriends, we walk across this way. And when we do that, we literally walk across everyone at this party. Well, my mother is sitting front row and uh, this dude behind her, not Ray, a friend of Ray's, is talking to one of his friends and points at me and he says do you see that girl in the black and the guy goes yeah and he goes she's a crazy fucking bitch dun dun dum now my mother love her to death standing up for me is not her strong suit and uh was quite surprised that she did this time and she turned around and she let that man have it have it about saying that about me now here's the thing I don't really care like am I crazy I mean I think crazy is a relative term you know depending on how you're defining it do I want to be your version of crazy probably not but like crazy to me is like crazy passionate you know like I'm crazy for you like I'm wild I'm free I want to have a bunch of sex like we're passionate we're like that you know I uh, also work at the mental institution uh, quite often and I'm quite well versed in uh, suicidal ideations homicidal ideations those with schizophrenia and bipolar and borderline personality disorder and so if anyone understands mental health y'all it's your girl right here it's an epidemic and it's really truly sad um how much you don't know that goes on with the people in your county around you uh so yeah uh i'm a little crazy we're all a little fucking crazy a little good crazy makes the world go round, in my opinion but uh to call me a crazy fucking bitch in front of my mama and all of my mama's friends, uh, it's not a good look for you. Okay? So obviously that type of narrative only comes from one person, which would be old Ray. And so I didn't go crazy about it. I didn't get upset about it. I just was like, you know, Ray... I don't, um, listen to me get a little East Tennessee country on y'all. Listen, Ray, I don't, and no, I'm just kidding. I don't know, you know, that I, I personally think that I've done anything that rises to like probably what your definition of crazy is. And I certainly didn't think that you were the type of individual that would like talk shit about me around the country club, but, uh. If you know, you know I sent Ray's mom and grandma some flowers in August. And if you don't know that story, go listen to the podcast. But at the same time, I only did it because I fucking called 1-800-Flowers and they assured me. They promised me my anonymity. Would I have sent flowers if I could not have been anonymous? No, I fucking wouldn't have. But I just felt for this woman, and I wanted to send her flowers. It's a whole story. Should I tell you? Oh, <sighs> okay. I, and so I put this in the text to him. I'm like, I don't know 
why you think I'm crazy. Maybe it's because I sent your mom flowers. But you know what? You never even asked me why I sent them. So we broke up in July. And originally I was supposed to go to Florida in August. And I was going to go see Chaney. And I thought to myself, if things are going well, I... I bet you it'll be about that time, and I will take Ray's mom out to dinner while I'm in Florida. Now, obviously, I was thinking way down the turnpike, and it probably sounds weird, but at the same time, he lives in the same neighborhood as my mom, and he sees her multiple times per week, okay? Anyways, this obviously didn't fucking happen, and it's that weekend, weekend time, and I don't end up going to Florida, and I just thought to myself... I was just thinking about it. I was being nostalgic. Um, melancholy is what I should say. I was being melancholy. And I'm a researcher, y'all. And when I'm into somebody, I will have Googled your name 350 fucking times to see what I can find on the internet. It's just what I do, okay? And one time, I found his father's obituary which was very sad. Uh, but the saddest thing I noticed is that those websites have a guest book and his mom got on the guest book every year. And it had been, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years. So I can't remember the exact year now. She got on the guest book every year and she typed to her husband as if it was him and he was still alive. And she said, I love you, and happy anniversary, and happy birthday, and I miss you, and all of these things, and it just poured at my heartstrings so much, and my stepdad died in 2017, he was really important to me, I know how my mom felt after that, and, you know, raise a shithead, and when we were together, he told me that, his mom told him that she loved him too much, and so he told her to stop telling me that you love me because you say it too much and it doesn't mean anything. Which just, again, broke my fucking heart. And so it's August and I'm thinking about this poor woman and how she misses her husband and how she has a shit for a son. And he probably hasn't sent her flowers in years. And I thought, okay, 1-800-Flowers, tell me. Tell me, baby. Can I do this anonymously? Yes. Do you promise? Yes. There's absolutely no fucking way they're going to know it's me, right? True. The only thing you have to put in there is your phone number with, like, your credit card stuff. And I almost put 555-5555. I almost fucking did it. And I should have. Because I put there all their information for the delivery. I looked up phone numbers on the internet. And what happens... They call 1-800-Flowers, and I get made, okay? So, did I send flowers to somebody I had never met before? Yes. Did I think they were going to be anonymous? Yes. Did it come from a pure place in my heart? Yes! I didn't think anybody was ever going to find out about it. I thought years from now, things work out. And I'd say, I hope your mom liked those flowers that one time. And then it would all come out, and we would giggle, and it would be so cute, because I'm just so nice like that. Well, no. I got made, and he thought that was crazy. And so, all of that to say is, I just was like, you know, I don't really appreciate that. I wish you wouldn't tell people that I'm crazy. And instead of apologizing for, you know, running away from me, 
from making everyone laugh at us at this golf tournament for the idea that people think are comfortable enough to say in front of other people that they think I'm a crazy fucking bitch. Like, to have all... I, I was just thinking maybe there might be some semblance of an apology in there. But no. None of that existed. He just doubled down on crazy and decided to just go through point by point of why he thinks I'm a lunatic. <laughs> like, I started to like defend it like I I sent a couple text messages where I was just like well you know I guess it seems that way but I didn't think I was gonna get made by 1-800-Flowers and then I get like two paragraphs into it and I'm like hold up this isn't about me being crazy this is about you telling people that I am like I don't have to sit here and defend that like I am not in court right now my crazy is not like on the docket anyways All of that to say, this entire year of my life, following my fucking intuition, following my gut, listening to the signs, like trying to objectively process that in which I experienced. And what did, like, what did all of it mean? Like, I'm so here for lessons. I am so here for the idea that the universe is going to present me with the same problem over and over and over again until I select differently. Okay? I could go into a whole other story right now about another dude, but I just want to do that just to make a point. I just... I have been presented with the same problem on like the multiple of it and I have failed it before but I see it now and I choose differently and I come from this like purest of hearts that I literally just like I am fine being alone. I am so fucking good at it and a lot of times I prefer it but like I just, I don't, what is it? It it just, it seemed like it was so much for nothing of like, I've made mistakes in the past. I am doing the right thing now. I am cognizant. I am intentional. I am empathetic. I am the most non-judgmental version of myself that has ever existed. And like, what is the fucking lesson here? Because it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, and I think I've, I've told you this story once. I'll try to be very brief in my examples, but Christmas 2019, I'm in Banff in Alberta, Canada, and I'm out in the middle of nowhere. And for the first time in my life, the skies truly opened up to me and it looked like the stars were glitter across the sky. And I don't know if space is real or an ocean. I don't know about astronomy or astrology or the stars or any of it, but in that moment, whatever the fuck that was, was like a defining moment in my life, it truly changed, it was this moment with the universe, and I have objectively been in places where I should see the stars like that, I have been in Cody, Wyoming, in the middle of nowhere near Yellowstone, and the sky never looked like that, I've spent 10 days out west, and I 
I have been chasing those stars and I have been chasing that high ever since and I can't find it. And here I am and I met Ray a year ago and it was so magical. It was so fucking magical and I felt ways that I have never felt before. And I'm trying to let that go. And I'm trying to push forward. And I'm trying to get the lesson here. And I'm trying to live my life and be by myself and spend that alone time. But to also stop saying no to everything. Okay, so I'm going on dates. I am trying new things. I am meeting new people. And not, it's just like that fucking high that I'm chasing with the stars. I'm chasing that magic. And nothing feels magical like that like I spent I went out with somebody on Friday night and Saturday night and he is a Ray 2.0 he is a similar age and similar looking and really he is the more square version with a real job and like much more squeakier clean and for all intents and purposes I should have had an incredible time and I should have enjoyed every second of it. And it's just not the same. And I just don't, like, does that magic exist? Like, is it attainable? Like, for every moment until this point, I would have told you that, like, and I guess I still will, that that's what I want. And, like, nothing less than that. And every time I get close, I just can't get close to someone. I try to get close to somebody. I try to feel something. And nothing feels like that magic. Nothing feels like those stars that I'm looking for. And so I just am so frustrated with, like I know it's about trusting myself and I know it's about following my gut and my intuition, but what the fuck did that get me? And here I am, another year under my belt. And don't get me wrong, I've had a hell of experience, but I could have had a hell of better experience if I didn't cons- like, didn't consume my thoughts in the way that things do. And, like, that's just me. Like, I can't, like, I'm not going to be able to, like, consume or think differently or consider differently in that way. I don't know. I just, uh... And the love is like my cross to bear. It's like the only thing that I desire to experience. And I have this desire to experience it fully and authentic, authentically. And like to a degree that I didn't even know existed. The capacity that I have and that which I desire. And here I am like 35 years into this. And I don't know. Like I keep telling myself that life is magical and love will be magical. And I've been just like kissing toads on toads on toads to finally get to the place that I know I'm destined to be. But um, I don't know. It can be like... The idea of being alone can, like, be so fulfilling and, like, so lonely. And it just takes, like, a pivot to feel that difference.
the thought of a pivot to feel that difference, you know? I don't know. But I keep getting blocked. And I guess I have to, like, tell myself that... I don't know. I must be so intense. It must be really hard to think about looking at me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to be learning right now. But by damn, I'm trying so hard to be open to the lessons of the universe. I just uh, don't quite know where we're going, Tyler, my darling. Don't quite know. The weeks feel fast, don't they? They feel faster than fast lately. Okay, so here we are, two and a half hours into it. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this catch-up. I feel as though, I don't know, every time I get to the end of a podcast, here I go thinking that this was the worst podcast ever. And I shouldn't put it up there because you're not going to like it. But I know. Hopefully you enjoy it. I have enjoyed our time together. Let me know what you think about the quality of this audio using the different microphone that I did. Let me know what we should talk about next. Let me know what you thought about Taylor Swift and Project Artichoke and MK Ultra and EDOM and RHIC and the Havana Syndrome and... Dionysus and Bacchus and Maynads and all of that. I would love to hear your thoughts truly. Um, when you send me like messages or emails or things like that about the podcast, it makes me so happy. It warms my cold little black heart. Alrighty. So let's okay if you've reached this part of the podcast you're what i consider an elite member of the class to show me your solidarity and let me know that you listen to this episode i'm going to give you two emojis and i would ask that you put them somewhere in the public zeitgeist yes you can message them to me but i would prefer if you put them out there that way other people see that you did it and people will be like why are there so many zebra emojis on this post so the first one is zebra the zebra and uh what's the second one gonna be y'all y'all oh you know what let's do that for ray let's do the little golf little green there's a green with a flag in it crazy is as crazy does it's just funny sometimes when you like see an incomplete person like a shell of a person try to make fun of you. And it hurts a little bit. But then you're like, I'm a fucking unicorn. You dusty old man. Doesn't somebody just want to be wild and crazy with me? I don't know. Okay, what are we doing again? Zebras and... Did I say a second one? Yeah, the little golf putting thing. Anyways, I scared that boy so much that he left town for four to eight weeks. I don't even fucking live in Knoxville. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what's the real funny part about all this? He still owns a piece of land right next to me. 
he's gonna build himself a house. Mm 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 mm. Loudy, loudy, loudy. All right. Uh, this has been episode 107. It's your girl, my Maria777. You can find me there at all major platforms, except I'm currently banned on Spotify and YouTube. I'm going to be rebranding the podcast a little bit, giving it a slightly different name, a full delusion soon. That way we can try to get on those platforms again, but it'll still be full delusion by my Maria777. I love you the fucking most. Listen, like, subscribe. I would truly warm my heart so much if you left me a five-star review and tell me how much you love me and then send me a screenshot of it so I know that it was you. As always, I talk most of my shit on Instagram. Currently shadow banned at my Maria 777 You can find me at the Oracle 333 my backup account. I would very much appreciate your interaction there. I'm on Twitter. I'm posting on Facebook a little bit. Dun, dun, dun. And, um, yeah. So, I love you. I missed you. We have so much more to discuss. I have even more stories for to tell you. And, uh, I hope you're doing well. I hope you are taking care of yourself. And I hope you are thinking of me the way that I think of you. And I promise you that I will be back soon. I love you the most. Bye-bye.